0: On a day uh, when there's an awful lot of people not doing any work of any kind, we're told that something like half a million people are out today, not going to work. Let's see if we can tally up exactly what's going on. Uh, On the teaching front, uh, something like 100,000 teachers in 23,000 schools across England and Wales are affected. Thousands of railway drivers, represented by Aslef, apparently, are striking, meaning there's no trains across 15 networks. 100,000 civil servants and 124 government departments are walking out, including DVLA. Uh, 1,900 members of the Unite Union, employed by Abellio in London, will walk out for three days of strikes, so no buses. 70,000 members of the University and College Union, employed in 150 UK universities, striking security guards at university college london will down tools what tools are they downing uh, in a row over pay and outsourcing I mean, these people unbelievable what the hell do they think they're doing bringing uh, the economy to a standstill no because they don't actually produce anything right some of the teachers who have walked out are still going to be paid today guess why because they didn't inform uh, the schools as to whether they were going to go on strike so a lot of the schools have shut down anyway not knowing whether they could open because they didn't get the information now if that doesn't tell you all you need to know about teachers then i'm sorry i cannot help you but let's talk now to len shackleton who's a rail expert uh, at the institute of economic affairs also professor of economics at the university of buckingham because walk out wednesday is upon us len um but there's an awful lot of people who haven't walked out there's an awful lot of people who are just trying to get up with their daily lives today aren't there
1: there are uh, i was listening before to what you were saying mike about the the, the way in which the government uh, messes up a whole range of things and i mean one of the things i've been talking about recently is the plans for the railway in the future rather than uh, you know we may patch up the current rail dispute. Um I think that's what will probably happen. Yeah. But it'd be foolish to kick the can down the road and, and, and not rethink what we're doing with the railways because they are in a complete mess. And the idea of giving it all back to the governments in the form of a, a new type of British rail, mm. a nationalised industry, I think is is fundamentally wrong. Yes.
0: I mean I suppose the question on most people's lips today will be What is the point of all this striking? Because it's now been going on for quite a long time. Uh, In the railway workers' case, I think, months and months and months and months. Nothing seems to be changing. The government's positions don't seem to be changing. Um, The NHS uh, continues with its strikes, but they haven't really had the effect, I don't think, that they thought they would have. I think people are generally more resigned to it now they where well, i mean i i personally walk in to work every day assuming somebody's on strike not really knowing exactly who it is um and just getting on with it
1: yeah uh, well you, you're fortunate if you if, if you can walk into work mike uh, uh i live in shoebury Ness and uh, the only way i can get in really is by train and so today i'm at home
0: right
1: um, and my kids are at home in the other room you know they're um they're, they're off because of the teachers uh, the teachers strike yeah it's it's a mess yeah. um, but you know a lot of people just think well the government ought to uh, you know settle with them and so on but you're talking about huge amounts of money to mm. settle all these claims are not yeah. you you're talking about, I mean some estimates suggest that somewhere between 10 and 20 billion pounds which it will cost to meet the, uh, the claims which are being made. Mm. And that's, you know, that's two or three P on income tax, on the standard rate of income tax or something like that. Uh, it has to be paid for in some way. And and we are in a very difficult situation here, I think. The government should not uh, just uh, roll over to keep, uh, you know, the, 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 the media people mm. happy. We see all this stuff on, on the BBC, for example. I was watching the other night when, you know, it, it, it's very much oriented towards isn't it terrible these people are not being paid enough and mm. so on why don't we dip into the government's uh,
0: bottomless pockets and, and pay for it well this, is, this is the problem it's, you shouldn't i've told you before then you shouldn't watch the bbc it's bad for you you know what it does <laughs> is it, it leads you down a very dangerous road of depression and and you know um just incredulity because everybody goes on about the government having this bottomless pit of money but it's our money right first of all and also the main reason why these people are all demanding a pay rise is because they say the cost of living has gone up. Well, the cost of living is the cost of living. You know, it's the same for everybody. Um, and the cost of living is not an increased... Um, um, it's not a reason to increase the amount of money you get. You know, it's unfortunate that the cost of living has gone up. But the fact is, is that you are not doing a better job than you were last year. Why should you get more money? In fact, quite the reverse. Most of the public services that we now receive are actually a lot worse than they were.
1: Yeah, uh, well, obviously COVID and the and the energy stuff um, are a big hit to the economy, and somebody, you know, we we have to pay for that in terms of a uh, a slightly reduced living standard for a year or two, I think. And we have to uh, we can't assume that we can just, you know, uh, borrow yet more money to 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 get us out of this uh, this particular hole. I mean, you mentioned productivity there, Mike, and and really people do need reminding that the only sustainable way. Uh, to get pay increases uh, for the, across the economy in the long run is to increase productivity, and our productivity record in this country is dreadful. Yeah. Uh, much of it, I think, is because of the various restrictions which there are on economic activity uh, in the in the private sector, which uh, means that the you know the the productivity rate and the growth rate have slowed considerably over the last decade or so, and we need to get back onto a high growth, high productivity track, and we won't do it by simply uh, borrowing yet more money mm. or raising taxes to pay for inflated wage claims.
0: No, tell us about your plan for the railways, Len, because that's your kind of area of expertise. What What is it that you would offer as an alternative to kind of renationalisation?
1: Well, what I was uh, saying in the article I wrote yesterday, Mike, was, was that um, there are, you know, we're, we're in great danger of uh, throwing, you know, the classic throwing the baby out with the bathwater. There are, are many, many things wrong with the franchise system, which is, uh, you know, uh, has now been uh, virtually abandoned. But there were bright spots with, with uh, privatisation. When it first began, we got great improvements on parts of the railway, on, on, on the West Coast main line with Pendolinos and so on. Uh, Children Railways uh, d- did a great job in uh, improving services to Birmingham and to Oxford and so on. Um, and of course, the uh, the, the numbers travelling on the railways doubled in uh, you know after privatisation. So we, we we need to think what were the good elements, and one of the good elements I, I was uh, I, which I don't think is sufficiently discussed is freight. Uh, you know, freight is a, 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 an entirely private operation. You know, the six or seven uh, companies which uh, are for-profit companies that make a profit, they just pay to hire track uh and and uh they're otherwise a commercial operation mm. the other yeah. the other thing which uh, people are perhaps more aware of is these innovative open access uh rail uh, operations uh the 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 headline one recently has been lumo this operation from uh from kings cross up to edinburgh which is much cheaper uh than lner and is a, an airline-style service which has taken away a great chunk of the airline business between London and the Scottish capital. And it's things like this... And how does, work, how, does how does that work, then? How does that work? Well, they... they, they uh, You know, these are private companies which hire um, timetable slots, essentially, on okay. the railways. And, uh, you know, they pay for it all themselves. And, uh, you know, they hire their own... Uh, employees, uh, they hire or, or purchase their own rolling stock and so forth. Right. And they're completely outside the mainstream operation, and uh, you know uh, people may may be aware of whole trains. There's another Grant Central uh, to to neglected region uh, parts of the of uh, 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 the north. Uh, now, the way in which this, is, this has operated in the past is that you're only allowed to run one of these things if you could show that you were going to increase the market, not take away market share. Mm. From the you know from the government's franchises now with the scrapping of the franchise system I think that justification is gone and we ought to be looking at uh, certainly on the main uh, the main intercity routes we ought to be looking at open access operations as the norm rather than the exception mm. um, you know if if these things make a loss they close down. They're not a burden on the taxpayer right uh, and that's the you know we ought to be building on things like that rather than yeah I, th- I think that's think that's, a, a,
0: that's a great idea because i think in the end people get sick to death of subsidizing railway companies which make vast amounts of money um for themselves and pay themselves vast amounts of uh salaries and, and dividends and all the rest of it uh, meanwhile the the, the 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 paying passenger uh, keep seeing fares going up and up and up and up, and the service getting worse. And so there doesn't appear to be anything good in that uh, for the consumer, whereas that model sounds a lot better.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, you know something which really uh, seriously ought to be investigated. Of course, the unions are dead against it. I mean, one of the things about it, Mike... You surprised is that me. It, it would break up the, this kind of monolithic thing where, where all the railways are out on strike mm. at the same time because it's essentially we've moved back to a, a virtually nationalised railway where the government is actually running the whole show at the moment, yeah. not, the department of transport. <laughs> uh, where you've got uh, individual companies, they form their own deals with... with, with and uh, and if one company is closed down because of the strike, it doesn't mean the whole operation is closed down. Uh, so that's, that's one thing. The other thing is that we ought to be very wary of... Uh, network rail uh, sorry of of, of uh, the the the, um, uh, the track and, and, and the the the, road, uh, the um, stations and so forth all being in the hand of a monopoly. Uh, body. We ought to think about breaking that up
0: as well. Your network um, rail doesn't seem to <laughs> me to be fit for purpose. But we've got to run. Len, thank you very much indeed. Len Shackles in there uh, giving his view of how we could actually transform the railways into something that is more friendly for the consumer, which doesn't cost the government money, therefore doesn't cost taxpayers money, and actually uh, is something that you can look forward to depending upon again, which at the moment, quite simply, it isn't.